If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. Your identity is something that has already been established and it can't change. And if you want to have true confidence, confidence that lasts, then you're going to need to place your identity in something that can't be taken away from you. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. There are so many elements wrapped up in our own confidence. Our personal identities consist not only of the things we love about ourselves, but also our insecurities and how we feel about our place in the world, in our relationships, in our careers and home lives. Confidence in our own identity shifts how we show up for ourselves and for our dreams. And gaining more confidence is a practice we could all use a little more of. But how? My guest, Amanda Pittman, can help. Amanda Pittman is an author, speaker, entrepreneur, and the founder of Confident Woman Co., a ministry that equips women to stand confidently. I am so thrilled to have Amanda here for a chat about identity, insecurity, being women of ambition, and standing in our own confidence, and I'm really curious to hear her take on this topic. This is a conversation that deserves a hot mug of your favorite beverage, so cozy up for some time with me and my guest, Amanda Pittman. My friend and repeat Gold Digger podcast guest, Sanira Madani, is on the HubSpot Podcast Network. It is so cool to be in such good company on the network with Sanira. If you haven't tuned into her show before, CEO School needs to be your next listen. CEO School is committed to closing the gap and helping more women level up by sharing stories and strategies from powerful women in leadership. Because nothing bad happens when women make more money. Sanira recently interviewed the OG girl boss, Sophia Amoruso, about building million-dollar brands and media trainer Jessica Abo on how to nail your media appearances and pitches. Listen to Sanira Madani's show, CEO School, wherever you get your podcasts. I am so excited for this conversation today. So first and foremost, Amanda, welcome to the Gold Digger podcast. 
I'm so happy to be here, Jenna. Thank you for having me. So talk to me about your journey. What do you do today? How did you get to where you are? I think that one of our favorite things on this show is to hear about like, how did people take their passions and turn them into something bigger, turn them into something that can serve people that they can have as a business? Like walk me through what that looked like for you. Totally. Okay. So whenever I was in college and I rededicated my life to Christ, that's a whole nother side story. That's when my husband and I started dating. People told us, you guys need to do YouTube. You guys need to put yourself out there. You guys have just great personalities, this and the other. And so we're just crazy enough to do it. We started creating uh, relationship videos on YouTube and we found that we loved it. And one of the reasons why we really loved it was because we could see the people that we were reaching, you know, Mm. like getting those comments of, wow, this really changed my perspective. This really made an impact. And so my husband, he was my then boyfriend. He was encouraging me to put myself out there on social media, blogging, all of that. And I just did not feel worthy to do that. I'm like, who would want to listen to me? Who would want to hear from me? Like, oh my gosh. What are people going to think about me? Like, who is, who does she think she is like doing this and the other, you know, crazy how we do that. It's right. It's nuts. Right. I just did not feel worthy. I didn't think that I could, or anybody would care, but he actually started a blog and he was like, I think you should do it too. And I was like, okay, I'll go for it. I started blogging and it was like a, a word press blog that had no domain. It was like Amanda undergrace.wordpress.com, you know, yes, like yes. just started out doing that. And I saw that people were really into it. And so I started sharing more of my faith and more of my life and more of my passions on social media and people really resonated with it. And honestly, I was very surprised because I grew up so invisible, you know, like I was not the cool girl, you know, like nobody ever cared about what Amanda was doing, you know? And so to have people listen and be interested, it really changed my perspective because for such a long time, I thought I had nothing to offer other than maybe my musical abilities, you know? And so I believe that what God was showing me was that, Hey, I have designed you for something else. I have designed your voice to reach a certain person and it has value. It has significance. And that really started to shift my perspective. And so I just became passionate about it. You know, like it's a thrill. It's a thrill to be able to see lives changed. You know, like I doesn't get old. It doesn't, it does not get old. (laughs) And I am like a very passion impact driven person. Mm -hmm. So like that just gets me out of bed in the morning. Like I'm like, how can I change someone's life? You know, like that will get me out of bed in the morning. And so in 2018, Michael and I were doing ministry out in Atlanta. We had already had a son. I was pregnant with my daughter. That was a time where we stepped out into full-time entrepreneurship and full-time ministry at the same time. Yeah. It was insane. (laughs) It was absolutely insane. (laughs) So at the time we had this deep seated conviction that, Hey, if we're ever going to lead a ministry, um, if we're ever going to pastor people, we want to be able to be flexible to adequately serve them. And we didn't believe that we could do that with having traditional jobs. And so, and we always knew that we were going to be entrepreneurs. So we're like, Hey, let's just, just plunge, you know? Yeah. And in 2018, that was the year of just 
learning so much, getting really gritty, getting really scrappy, you know, just figuring things out. And so that's whenever I launched my first coaching program and he had a background in finance. So he launched some online programs as well. And that's when we learned how to do this thing, you know? And so that was when we were doing full-time ministry and full-time entrepreneurship at the same time. And we barely skated by in 2018. (laughs) We were on food stamps. And then at the end of the year, I'll never forget this. We were riding in the car, pulling into our driveway and it was toward the end of the year. And it was just not, we just barely made it in 2018. And Michael asked me, he was like, do you really think that we could make six figures working for ourselves? And then I heard the voice of God so clearly. And I turned back to him and I said, just with full conviction, I said, God says, I will do more than that. If you would have faith in me. So what we did is that day or the next day, somewhere soon, we threw our food stamps in the trash, (laughs) we threw them away, and then we just kind of went full throttle the next year, full faith. And that's when God exceeded our expectations and how we kind of like built a life doing purposeful, meaningful things, doing what we love and not having to worry about the money, but it kind of being fully integrated. And so, yeah, I, ever since I've been, you know, I've been speaking, authoring, doing that kind of ministry. I lead a ministry called Confident Woman Co., which was really birthed out of the coaching program that I started in 2018. And my leads a company called Simple Money Academy, where he licenses his financial curriculum to colleges and universities. And so it's really cool to be able to be fully in our lane, fully in our zone of genius, doing what we love and feeling like we're making an impact. So that was kind of the story of how we got here. (laughs) I love that. Talk to me about what was like the first product that you put out there, your first course. Talk to me about that. Mine was called the Jenna Kutcher course because I couldn't come up with a name and I had no idea how to launch it. Walk me through like what that looks like for you. Yeah. So my first was a coaching program and we have friends who are entrepreneurs. They're more seasoned than we are. They're extremely successful now, like multimillionaires are doing amazing. And during the time when we stepped out into full-time entrepreneurship, we were like, we called them up on the phone. We're like, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. You help us. (laughs) We have no idea. And our friend Jamal, he said, have you ever considered doing a coaching program? I was like, no, I never considered it. And he was like, here's what you do. You do three webinars and you pitch at the end and then you close card on this date. And then whenever you open it, it's going to be 12 weeks. You do once a week group coaching. You can do two tiers. And I just did everything. He told me, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I did it on my like MailChimp, you know, sign up for my webinars. And, and I did that and it worked. I just, I remember like getting people into the program. I'm like, oh my goodness. Wow. And the best part is that I absolutely loved it. Like Mm -hmm. out of every single thing I've ever done, like professionally, career-wise, what I love most is, is coaching women, like of the one-on-one getting to the root of what you need um, and helping you get to the next level. And so that was my first thing. And I 
recorded some of those things live and, you know, package it up into a course. And then my husband's first one was the investing masterclass. And, oh no, I think it was the Forex masterclass. He did a Forex masterclass. And I remember it was like in July of 2018, it was the first time we had ever made like over 10,000 in a month. We're like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. You know, and we were so proud that that could do that. But what we found was in our entrepreneurship journey was that we didn't want to keep going from launch to launch, you know, it was just not the vibe. Um, We're always like, that's great. What are we going to do next? You know? So you always start somewhere and yeah, we learned so much during that time. Oh my gosh. It reminds me if anyone is listening to this and wants Jamal in your life, there is a (laughs) very good book called launch by Jeff Walker. Mm -hmm. And it actually walks through like the product launch formula. And I know Jeff Walker in real life now, Mm -hmm. but I remember I was flying somewhere as a full-time wedding photographer And I was flying somewhere and I read that book and it walks you through the exact plan of like how to launch something. (laughs) And I was like highlighting everything because I'm like, nobody just tells you like, do this this day, do this this day. And it's like, if you can follow directions and infuse your gift and your calling into it, it's going to be successful. Even if you have one person that says, this is worth it to me, all you got to do is find five more people, 10 more people like that one person And I just think it's so powerful too, because I think a lot of people now it's like, we hear these stories because you and I have a very similar like path in the sense of like starting as a blogger, straight up old school WordPress, like figuring Mm -hmm. that out. And they're like, okay, well, where does that lead us now Mm -hmm. in this year? Like in 2022, what does this mean if I'm just starting now? And it still stands. Don't you agree? It's like the same things that got you to where you are now. Yes. still work. It's all about you and your gift and your calling that yeah. add that fuel to that fire. Yes, absolutely. And the strategies may change a little bit, but it's still the same mentality, the same psychology, you know, yes. it still works. Yes. And I love that you say like, do this on this day yes. for me. I need a roadmap. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's what just like made my brain work. I was like, yes. okay, I could do this. You just yes. put dates on the calendar, you know, yes. like, and it's, it's definitely doable. I love that. You said, if you can get more people like that one person, like mm-hmm. if you can, that's one thing that really shifted my mentality when it comes to entrepreneurship and just really walking out your calling in that way is if you can get one person to buy into what you're doing, you can get a hundred people to buy into what you're doing. Right. Yeah. And so you just have to find your people. And I think that's like really what I learned along the way when it comes to my journey is like finding your people because your voice will resonate with those you're called to. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So we're going to dive off the deep end. If you've read my book, I don't like small talk. And so I first want to talk about this idea of identity. I feel like this word is a really big word. And so first, what does identity mean to you? And if someone isn't sure what their identity is, like, where Mm -hmm. do we even begin? Yes. Okay. That's such a great question. For me, growing up, I felt like my identity needed to be in what I'm doing. Like I am a musician. I grew up and I was always doing music. I wanted to be a professional flutist. It was always my goal to be in a major symphony orchestra. I played the flute. I was not very, I was not a professional, but I played. 
Okay. Hey, you strike me as a flutist. I was. I played oboe, flute, piccolo. I mean, I played all different things. I love nice. music. Yes. Okay, cool. Get back to yeah. I'm I get a flutist it. as well. <laughs> and I'll do piccolo as well. So I think that just gives you extra cool points. <laughs> <laughs> so you wanted to go all the way with this. All the way, all the way. And I did. I went to um, SMU in Dallas for music and I absolutely loved it. But I always felt as if my identity was in what I was doing, whether it was with music, whether it was with my relationships, with my friendships or romantic relationships, whether it was in my appearance. And the thing about this world is that there are so many varying opinions about who you're supposed to be. And so I never felt like I measured up. I always felt like if I'm hitting one standard, I'm failing another. And what I found was that all of these identities weren't truly who I was. And it wasn't until I established my confidence in Christ that everything changed for me. So I'm of the Christian faith. I grew up in church and I gave my life to Christ at a really young age. However, whenever I was in high school and college, I strayed away from the Lord and I ended up completely denouncing my faith altogether. I wanted nothing to do with God. But the thing is, the more that I pursued all of these other identities, trying to find my identity in what I'm doing, the less fulfilled I felt. And so one of the things that I found was as I found my identity in Christ, that's when everything changed. That's when I placed my confidence in something that couldn't be taken away from me and in a standard that's never changing. So for those of us who are believers in Christ, one of the things that we believe in is that our identity is already established. It's not something that you have to discover. It's not something that you have to uncover or reveal. It's already there. And once you are a believer, the Bible says that you're a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. You're a child of God. You belong to his kingdom. And that is something that that can't be taken away from you and that can't change. And so for me uh, and for all the people that I, I lead, one of the things that I try and teach them is that your identity is something that has already been established and it can't change. And if you want to have true confidence, confidence that lasts, then you're going to need to place your identity in something that can't be taken away from you. You've probably heard the quote from the philosopher who said, change is the only constant in life. And it's true. Everything is always changing and evolving, but that doesn't mean we always enjoy it especially when it comes to your business. HubSpot's CRM platform helps you make major moves confidently. Confidence to go big, go home, go local or global. With HubSpot, all of your marketing and operations and sales tools are in one place, meaning you have the right data at the right time to make the right call. A single source of truth means your teams are supported by a powerful system that helps lighten the busy work and create more time and space for big thinking. As a connected customer platform, HubSpot provides more than just software. It helps you and your teams create deeper, more meaningful relationships with your customers so you can grow better together. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. 
Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a hundred dollar credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. Ooh, that's really powerful. I love your own experience with that too, because I feel like a lot of our listeners are high achievers, right? Like mm-hmm. we struggle with things like even resting because our worth is measured in our output or what we've created or what we've you know accomplished for the day. And the more that I talk to high achieving women, the more that they are in pursuit of more, right? Because mm-hmm. nothing is ever satisfying. And so I think that's yeah. really interesting. A lot of times when I think about identity, a word that comes along with it is insecurity. Yeah. And I think a lot of times our high achieving tendencies are really circled back to this insecurity. Am I Mm -hmm. worthy if I'm not producing? Am I worthy if I'm not the best? Am I worthy? Talk to me about insecurity. Have you ever Mm -hmm. felt insecure? What does that look like? How does it show up for you even today? Talk to me about insecurity. Insecurity used to be... I was actually scrolling back on my old Facebook statuses and I landed on a status from 2011 and it said, I love those reminders. (laughs) I love them. You just got to love them. You know, it said, I feel like my insecurities get in the way of everything in my life. And I remember what that felt like. Everything was ruined. Everything was robbed from me because of my insecurity. I couldn't have healthy relationships because of my insecurities. And it's so funny because whenever I tell people that, They're like, what? I can't imagine that. I can't. (laughs) I'm like, I'm telling you, I am a different person. So I experienced so much insecurity because I was always trying to achieve, right? It was always a a striving. And I'm I'm definitely a high achiever type person. Like I'm a go-getter. I don't do things halfway, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm an all-in kind of person. And Having that kind of bent when it comes to my personality, I always have to find an anchor because otherwise I will place my worth, my value, my significance in in what I do. And one of the big contributors to my insecurity was getting into some negative relationships whenever I was younger. And one of the things that these relationships taught me was that my worth is dependent on my body or things like that. And because of that, it just felt like I can never win. Mm -hmm. Like there's always going to be someone who 
meets somebody else's standard, right? I, I don't even want to say more beautiful because it's like everybody has a different standard for what the most beautiful, you know, thing is. And so, yeah, these insecurities just robbed me of so much. I felt like I couldn't have stability. And one of the ways that I describe it is it felt like I had this bucket and no matter how much that bucket was filled with, with love, with affection, with good things, with exciting life things happening, there's still a hole at the bottom of the bucket mm-hmm. and it would still leak out and it would never be enough. And I think at the core of it, that's what insecurity does. It makes you feel like it's not enough. You're not enough. Nothing is enough. And so, yeah, that was, that was my journey with insecurity. And I would say my confidence journey really started whenever I met my husband and in college, because he was one of the most confident people I had ever met. I'm just like, what in the world? Isn't it contagious? It's (laughs) It's, contagious though, in a good way. It really is. It really is. Because when you are fully, completely, unapologetically yourself, you free up other people to do the same. And so that definitely helped me. Community is such a huge part. Like the people that you surround yourself with is such a huge part of your confidence, right? Yeah. And so just seeing his example really made a huge impact in my life and just really learning how to establish my confidence in something that couldn't be taken away from me. That's when everything changed for me. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that. I want to shift gears on something that I want to hear your take on because you have two kids, you kind of referenced it and you were, I mean, you were all in when you were moving into entrepreneurship, motherhood, all of the things. So there's like a lot shifting in your life. Right. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I've witnessed with myself, with my team, with women close to me is that identity shift from being, you know, a human into becoming a mother it's a tricky one, right? You know, you're, again, we're talking about this idea of identity and it's really easy to kind of be in the in-between. I was recently talking to one of my dear friends who is super successful, just had a baby. And she's like, when will I feel like myself again? And I was like, no, no, no. Just as your baby was born, like your new self is being born and like, you're not going to go back. You're going to move forward in a different way. Talk to me a little bit about your experience with motherhood on the topic of identity. I love this question so much because my story is a little bit unconventional. I got married in college and I was 20 years old. I was 20. And before that, I was in a long-term relationship. And before that, I was in another long-term relationship. And so I never had that season of singleness that a lot of women experience. Like, you know, you're in college and you just, you know, live it up. And then you're a young, young adult, you live by yourself. You figure out life on your own. I got married when I was 20. I mean, I remember we were on our honeymoon and the hotel that we were in would not let me go to the piano bar because there was alcohol there. I'm like, my husband's 21. I'm married. I won't drink. We just want some nice live music. And so like that, (laughs) I wasn't allowed to drink, you know, it's, that's where I was in my life. And so I learned how to come into myself while I was a married woman, you know, like I didn't live alone because whenever I was in college, I always had roommates Mm -hmm. and then I got married and my husband's my roommate. I never had this like establishing of who I am independent of anyone else. Yeah. And then after that, it's like a couple of years later, I get pregnant. I have a child and I love motherhood, loved motherhood, still love it. 
but I did not anticipate grieving the loss of being like a young maiden, (laughs) you know, like, yes. Yeah. I, I was just like, oh my gosh, I'll just never be this young single woman with options anymore. I'm a married woman with a child, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'm established in this and that I'm never not going to have children. You know, it's like, once you're a parent, you're never not a parent again. Right. And I I see marriage is lifelong and I'm very much so in love with my husband. And so it's like, this part of my life is not an option anymore. Right. And so it was really around the time where I was about to get pregnant with my second, where I was just I just remember constantly breastfeeding in the car. <laughs> I was I'm just, in it, girl. I'm in it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would be at church. I would be out just constantly breastfeeding in the car. And I just felt like, oh, I'm just a milk machine. I'm just a wife and a mom. And like for a season before we stepped out into entrepreneurship, I was a stay-at-home mom while my husband worked at the bank. And so it's just like we had one car. So I'm like, I'm just I have cabin fever. I'm stuck at home. Who am I? I'm just a milk machine, you know? And so that was really, really, really tough for me. And we had a, a woman who stayed with us for a few months while we were living there. And I remember just like crying while I was doing dishes. And I, I was explaining this to her and it was kind of hard for her to wrap her mind around because she was a single woman who was desiring to be married. But she shared this story with me about how she was talking to a friend and that friend said, Hey, you should ask God how God sees you. Like ask him if he has a name for you. Ask him if there's like a specific way he's designed you. And it seemed so simple because I I felt like I knew better. Like I felt like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty far along in my walk, you know, we're leading people in ministry, but I had never had somebody say that so simply. And so that's exactly what I did. I went up to my room and I'm like crying. I'm on my bed. And I say, God, Lord, can you tell me how you see me? You know, and I'm, I'm pouring my heart out. I'm like, I just feel like I'm just a wife and a mom. And I don't even know who I am. And I heard God say this. He said, you're my treasure. Mm. And he said, I've called you to preach, to pray and to prophesy. And I had never heard that before. And I never heard him so clearly in my spirit. It was the first time I was really getting to know the voice of God for myself. And it was so interesting because I had never seen this concept of being a treasure to God in the Bible. And then after that, after I heard him say that, I found it all throughout scripture And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. And after that, I felt like, oh, no, no, no. I have a purpose. I have a calling independent of being a wife, independent of being a mother. And so during that time, I would take my son on stroller walks around the neighborhood. And during that time, I just felt like, hey, I can do something with this. You know, I can make the most out of being here in this season. And so I would just go around the neighborhood and pray over the neighborhood. And that's when I started preaching more boldly online. And I, I started to feel alive again. I started to feel myself again. And then by the time we stepped out into entrepreneurship and I launched a coaching program, I was like, wow, I feel like I have purpose. And I feel so much purpose when it comes to my family. And I also feel purpose when it comes to the people that I'm called to. And so that really changed my perspective, just knowing how God saw me and knowing that I'm not just a wife and a mother, but I can have passions and desires and a calling outside of that. That's really when everything changed for me. Mm, I love that story. (laughs) And I think too, something that motherhood taught me is like the way that I see my children 
mm-hmm. is like the way my creator sees me. Like if I like, just look at him and I'm like, you are so perfect. Like I was like inspecting Quinn's little knuckles and these tiny little hairs on her knuckles. And I was like, oh my gosh, you are so perfect. Like where I was like, wait, but I am too. Like, you know, yeah. it's just always yeah. like this reflection of like back to like how I feel. And it's like times mm-hmm. a million. It's just very interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think too, what you said is really powerful. I think that a lot of us, something that you said really stood out to me is that like the woman was like desiring a relationship. So her looking at you is like, how could you not see this gift? Right. And I feel like there's this thing happening specifically around women where when we're going through something hard, we can't even talk about it without 18 caveats or asterisks of like, I know I'm fortunate. I know I'm privileged. I know I'm blessed. My kids are healthy. I have a husband. I have a house, all these things. Mm -hmm. And it almost like suppresses the ability to say like, this is really hard. Yeah. And it's because we're so aware, which I think is beautiful, right? Awareness Mm -hmm. is everything. Mm -hmm. But at the same point too, it's like, it's okay that your heart looks different than my heart. Yes. And it's okay for us to sit with each other, even if we don't understand. Yeah. And what that woman did was a really big gift because it would have been easy for her to say, do you not see Amanda, how you have what I want? Mm hmm. And I think that that's really powerful. I think that's this invitation because I believe that women are lonelier now than ever and craving like deep community. And I think that it's really hard to connect with people when we can't be honest about what hard looks like for us or for Mm -hmm. our lives or where we're at. What do you think about that? I resonate with that so much. You're right. We have to add caveats, asterisks. And I was actually... (laughs) It's funny because I was just talking to a friend about this last night and I'm like, man, I know life is good. You know, I feel like I don't have an excuse to feel the way that I feel in this certain area. Yes. Right. Yes. It's like, it's not fair for me to, to have these, these feelings. And it's so interesting because as I was processing with her, she brought up some incredible points that completely shifted my mentality. And had I bottled that inside, then I would think I'm wrong, right? There's a quote that I love so much. It says, guilt says I've done something wrong. Shame says that I am something wrong. And I was feeling so much shame because I'm like, man, I I really have a beautiful life, man. I'm happily married. My kids are incredible. Like I have freedom, flexibility. I'm doing what I love. Like I'm ashamed that I feel dissatisfaction in this area. I'm ashamed that I feel sad about this, you know? And because of that, it made me want to hide. I I was even apologizing to my friend. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, I know that you're pregnant, you're tired. She's like, no, I always have time for you. And and when she, (laughs) when she spoke to me, I only had a few minutes I could talk with her because I had a meeting. And the one thing that she said completely shifted my perspective. I'm like, you're right you're right. This is the thing that I need. This is the, this is the missing link. And had I just stayed to myself and kind of internalized that shame, then I wouldn't have the privilege of having that incredible breakthrough. You know, like I like to provide that for my friends. I like to provide that for those who are around me. Like, Hey, you have full freedom to just let it out. I have a, something that I say, I'll say like, I'll say it, you filter it. Okay. And so I'll also say this, You'll say it, I'll filter it. So don't put all the asterisks, the yes. caveats, yes. like just get it out yes. and then we'll filter it later. Right. Yes. And it's such a privilege when somebody else can do that for you. But 
I completely agree. We need that space. We need that opportunity to just be honest about how we're feeling. Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that so much. And I think that's what we all desire is like no caveat friendships where it's like, I know, you know, that yes. these things are all good. Yes. However, we can talk about what isn't feeling good and start to move through it together. And I think that's something. And I d- agree too, in the sense of like, sometimes I think you have to be the first to go there because yes. we stay stuck at the surface because that's what we start with. And so it's like, yes. you go deep, I'll go deep with you. And I think that a lot of women are craving that. One thing that I'm curious for your take on is this idea of ambition, because mm-hmm. we've talked about it. You're super ambitious. I'm ambitious. I love seeing what I am capable of. I love stretching the boundaries. I love maximizing yeah. who I can become. I love all of these things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of times for women, ambition almost feels like this like dirty word. Like it's like this thing where you want to like whisper it because it feels like, again, how do we find contentness while being ambitious? Right. What does that look like? So how do you encourage someone who's listening to this episode who wants to kind of find that balance of really relishing in where they're at and what's going on, but also that desire for what's next or what's more? Right. I don't think ambition is bad. I'm just going to make it real plain. I don't think ambition is bad. I think ambition can be very healthy. When I, you know, my worldview, I read the Bible. That's what I filter everything through is, is, yeah. is through scripture. And there's a scripture that says, do nothing out of selfish ambition and vain conceit. And so when I think about the type of ambition that's unhealthy, 
is the type of ambition that's completely self-centered. And when I think about vain conceit, I think about somebody who's obsessed with themselves. So when you're ambitious because you're impact driven, you're thinking, how many lives can I change? How many people can I reach? That is healthy ambition, especially if you are one of those go-getter achiever type people, like harness that energy in a good place. And that's one of the reasons why I do believe that God shifted my life from, you know, music to what I'm doing now, because music is absolutely beautiful and I still play in everything, but I was so vainly, selfishly ambitious, vainly conceited, like I just had the biggest head, so much pride. It was just about like being the best. Like, I don't even, I mean, I love music. I do. But my main motivation was just being the best. I'm like, I got to be her first chair, you know, like that's why I love, you know, like I I felt music was secondary, you know, and achievement was primary. But what I found was when I became more others focused than self-focused, then you actually end up achieving more. And the achievement feels better, right? It feels so much better. Oh my gosh. It almost feels like a gratitude. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I'm so grateful that I get to do this. Wow. But whenever it's all on yourself, it almost feels like, oh yeah, I'm entitled to this. This is mine. I'm getting what's mine, you know? And so what I found is that the more others focus you are, the more contentment you're going to feel. You're always going to feel discontentment if you're only focusing on yourself. Like if you're thinking about what I don't have, what I'm not getting, but if you're focusing on others and how you're impacting their lives and how, how you can give, oh my goodness, you're going to focus way less on what you don't have and far more on what you do have. So that's my perspective on ambition. And I I would love to hear your perspective as well. Yeah, I love that. And I totally agree. I feel like to me, contentment, I used to confuse contentment with complacency. Mm -hmm. So I would think the moment that I'm content means I'm just done. And Mm -hmm. I like hated that idea. Like I hated that thought of like, I'm just thrown in the towel or I'm not like pursuing what I could. Mm -hmm. I have replaced my idea of contentment with peace and ease. Mm -hmm. Me, contentment is a peaceful pursuit, meaning Mm -hmm. when I feel at peace, when I wake up and I look at what I'm about to do for the day and I feel peace in it, whether it's being with my family or doing the work that I do, I can still be in pursuit of something more, but I'm not missing the actual moments. Yes. And so it's been interesting because I feel like for a long time, it just felt like the minute that I admit that like, oh, I'm good is the minute that I'm done. And it's like, no, no, no. The minute that I admit I'm good means like I'm actually in my life. Like I'm experiencing it. And so that changed everything for me. And really it changed just a lot of how I move through my work and like what that looks like and how Mm. I enjoy it, which I think is like what we really want is to enjoy it, you know? And I think that's also the difference between striving and standing. Like whenever, whenever I get into this place where I feel like I'm, I'm striving, that's when I'm more focused on the results than the work. Yeah. Right. I'm trying to control something I have no power over. Yes. And so one of the things that I, that anchors me whenever I start to get in this place of striving is this quote. Your job is obedience. God's job is outcome. 
Your job is faithfulness. God's job is fruitfulness. Your job is input. God's job is increase. I think when we get into this space of trying to control the increase, trying to control the fruitfulness, like we don't have power over that. All we can do is all we can do. All we can do is the work. We have no control over how it lands, right? There's a scripture that says we may scatter the seed, but God's the one who brings the harvest or we may roll the dice, but God determines how they fall. And so it's like, okay, if I am just content with the work that I've done, if I have a sense of peace around my part, then I can leave the rest. And so when I get into this place of of standing, it's like, okay, I feel good about what I've done and I'm not going to try and control the results. That's what keeps me anchored. I love that. So today is a big day because you have a book coming out today and your book is called stand in confidence from sinking in insecurity to rising in your God given identity. Tell me about your book. Congratulations. And why you wrote it and what you hope people will get out of it. Yes. This book is a four part guide on how to establish your confidence in Christ so that you can do what you're called to do. And I wrote it because this is the exact same process that God took me through from when I was sinking in insecurity. And I said, Hey, my insecurities get in the way of everything in my life to leading a ministry that's called confident woman co and helping other women establish their confidence too. And so I walk women, what I do is I tell my story of how God walked me through the four components of confidence and how they're rooted in the Bible and how you can establish that in your life too. And so the four components of confidence are clarity, which is where you embrace your God-given identity, and then you align with your design. Whenever you know who you are, you're going to know what to do. And many times we're walking in confusion because we just don't know who we are. Okay. So the first component is clarity. The second component is connection. So this is connection with your source, which is God. And then there's connection with others. So this is surrounding yourself with healthy community, right? Because even when you don't see yourself accurately, if you have people around you who see you accurately, when you're behaving outside of who you're called to be, they're going to say, no, no, that's not who you are. And they're going to call you higher. So surrounding yourself with the right people. And then the next one is competency. Competency is simply just being really good at what you do, you know, because the more competent you are, the more confident you're going to be. But one of the things I talk about is creating more capacity for competency by finding capacity in Christ, by drawing strength from him and not just relying on your own ability. And then lastly is conviction. Conviction is just knowing your responsibility and using your authority. Many times we check all these boxes, you know, we have our community, we have you know, clarity. We know what we're supposed to be doing. We're good at what we're doing, but we're just lacking conviction. You know, like we just need a good oomph that's driving us. Right. And it goes back to being others focused. When you understand the magnitude of every person that you're called to reach, then you're not going to sit on the sidelines. That's when you're going to rise to the call. That's when you're going to stand in authority. And so, yeah, I just walk women through these four components so that they can have a confidence to do and be everything that God has called them to do and be. That's my heart behind it. And I just want women to be who they're called to be. And I believe that Christian women in particular should be the most confident women in the world. Okay. Where can everybody find you, learn more about you, get their hands on your book, follow your journey. Give me all the places. 
Yes. Yeah, so well, one of the places I hang out the most is Instagram, Instagram and TikTok in particular. I'm a huge TikTok fan. TikTok is bomb. So you can find me at Amanda A. Pittman, P-I-T-T-M-A-N. And you can find me there. You can also find me on Twitter. My website is amandaapittman.com. And I also lead a ministry called Confident Woman Co. So you can find us on Instagram, Confident Woman Co. And our website is confidentwomanco.com. So as long as you keep up with us there, you'll have everything you need to know to be a part of our community, to meet other like-minded women and stay up to date with all of the cool things we have going on. So congratulations on your book. Congratulations on your journey. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Jenna, it was an honor and I had a blast. There's something really special about being able to sit down and talk with other women. I loved all of the different directions our conversation went today. Entrepreneurship, motherhood, faith, identity, friendship, community, calling. Whatever your take is, I really hope that you leave feeling inspired today because I feel like the things Amanda talked about are topics that I wish people would bring up more. Like how you know you should be grateful, but you can't ignore that feeling of feeling unfulfilled anymore. Or how to find the balance between being truly content and grateful for where you're at while still wanting to move forward. I love today's episode and I hope you did too. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top notch. Article's online only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.